welcome to the Hygiene Profit Leaders Podcast, where we give you weekly tools and tips to teach you how to grow your hygiene department. We're your hosts, Rachel Paul and... Vicki Collier. Hey, Vicki. Hey. So um, today we are going to be talking about something that I'm hearing more and more and more and more and more about. Yeah. And we're having more and more clients that are getting involved <laughs> with this. Um, and that is sleep apnea. Right. So we'll, we're going to talk about how you can create value um, by screening for sleep apnea. And I think this is something, like I said, uh, I mean, how many offices do you see now that are doing this? I, I, I actually have to admit that I saw more in the first I don't know, two or three years ago, maybe when it was sort of becoming the thing, or at least mm -hmm. when I knew about it. And it was exciting because people were actually, you know, being able to be treated for this. I remember one example uh, had an office um, that actually opened their own sleep study clinic nearby because they had so many people. They wanted to kind of get into it that way. But one lady who they said was just grouchy every time she came in, said she had trouble staying, staying awake in the, in, during her dental appointments, realized she had sleep apnea. And so they got her treated. And it was amazing that she was a totally different person I mean, once she I got some rest. That. Can <laughs> yeah. you imagine? Yeah. If you, I mean, I if I don't get enough sleep, I am not fun. To right, be right. And this is obviously happening day in and day out. Right, uh, it's going to wear on you. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you cannot possibly be in a good mood every day if you are just yeah. sleep deprived. Yeah, it's just yeah. Not I think happen. so too. Um, but the thing that I heard from most offices in here lately, uh, even more so that that getting paid for this treatment or this screening or this service is so tough. And I hope that over time, that, that can't be our only excuse. I mean, right. we, use that, we use insurance a lot uh, as an, ex not necessarily an excuse, but it is a reason that a lot of things yeah. don't, don't happen. But I think that we've got to find a way, even if we're not going to treat this actively in our own practices, I think that screening for this is probably going to be the route that we go and, and perhaps making sure we get a referral or make documentation about this because mm -hmm. I think it is that important. I think so too. I mean, we've said this all along as we're healthcare providers. Sure. You know, and, um, and we are at a position where we can actually see a lot of this. Yeah. Because yeah. they're probably not going to, a lot of people don't even realize they have it. Well, that was what I thought was interesting. It says approximately 52 million Americans and almost one-fourth of men seen in any dental practice have uh, obstructive sleep apnea, which is also known as OSA, obstructive sleep apnea. So that is a lot wow. of people. It also says that less than 15% of these people have actually been diagnosed and only 25% of the group has successfully used a CPAP device. A CPAP is that that Darth Vader looking oh, yeah. thing. What is it? Continuous positive airway pressure device. So Darth Vader. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I do too. I think so too. Um, so we know that this is something that many probably we know lots of people who are suffering from this. We right. may not know they are, but you know most people we come in contact would be. Well, and I'm just sitting here thinking, gosh, if I if I had it and didn't know it. And my dentist was the first people to mention something, and then yeah. I was able to go get help through that. Sure, I, I'd be telling everyone. Yeah, to go I think to that so dentist. too. I agree. <laughs> do you know I what think I mean? so too. Yeah, and I think that's part of what we have to do. We've got to be aware. We've got to ask the right questions. Mm -hmm. um, I've always said when I've talked to offices that you have to mention this to every patient because it's probably going to be the the spouse of the person who's suffering with it that is going to want them to get help. Oh yeah. They're, they don't realize they're missing sleep at night unless they're you know they're obviously tired all day long and other things going on, but. You know, it's the person who's laying awake at night while the, the spouse is snoring next to them that... that hmm. <laughs> Sounds do, really do you, familiar. Do you know that person? I, I think I do. Do we need to get that person in for, in for we screening? We might need to. Hmm. <laughs> at a recent um, ADA meeting, they said that 
Uh, even if your office does not choose to treat uh, obstructive sleep apnea, it's still our obligation to recognize and screen for the disorder and make the appropriate referral. I think that makes sense. I do um, too. Just in the same way we screen for blood pressure or we might even screen, uh, screen for uh, blood sugar, diabetic, oh, yeah. diabetic screening. I think that this is going to be the next way to come. I will, knowing what I know now about this, I am positive that this is what my dad died from. Oh, wow. um, he had been a, a snorer for years and years and years. He had high blood pressure. He um, had all of these signs and symptoms of, of that gasping at night, you know, waking up with a gasp, mm -hmm. which it says um, these are some of the ways, uh, some of the things that you see happen. Uh, loud snoring, um, choking or gasping for breath during sleep, waking mm -hmm. up frequently, daytime sleepiness, poor concentration. Maybe I have it I'm too. I'm sitting here <laughs> like, wait a minute. Uh, this person's been diagnosed with insomnia. Um, and also one of the indicators are gastro, uh, gastroesophageal oh, yeah, reflux disease. Ga yeah. Uh, yeah, so. Um, oh my gosh, and my husband has that big time. <gasps> Rachel, he oh needs to be gosh. screened. And I think I probably need to get my husband screened too. Yeah. So, yeah, but you know. And so now I, I know that that's what dad was, was suffering from. You know, it just, nobody, he passed away 17 years ago. So, it's, you know, that wasn't something that was even on our it's radar. Right. You know, no he had heart disease and other that. things which are all related to these things. Right. But, no, that was not the, no one ever t talked about that. I so. read somewhere, there was an article that was just talking about um, with undiagnosed sleep apnea and all the side effects. And mm -hmm. the one that stuck out the most to me was that you were seven times more likely to die from cancer. Wow. With sleep apnea. And I know there's relationships to, to, to heart disease and right. stroke as well. Right, and, and, that, and I think what it was saying, like, if you had cancer, not necessarily that it was, but if you think about it, like, if you're not getting that oxygen mm -hmm. into your sure. bloodstream and to your cells and everything yeah. else, it's yeah. like, I can that kind makes of see sense. that that yeah. cancer would just yeah. be, like, spreading and yeah. blowing up in that environment. I think I read that, was it... Um, the, the Supreme Court justice who died on a ranch or something last year, the year before, um, I, I think he suffered from this, and that's you yeah. know he died in his sleep or whatever. And I think he had an unused CPAP, you know, a CPAP that he wouldn't use to. Use. I don't. I may be wrong on part of that story, but yeah. apparently that's what they kind of attributed some of that to. Yeah, wow. and it's actually we it's undiagnosed in children a lot too. Yeah, and I don't yeah. think people realize that. So one of the big signs with kids is um, wetting their bed like yes. past mm -hmm. those ages where they yep. shouldn't be. And snoring. Yeah. If you've got, I mean, you know, a lot of times we kind of laugh that off. It's, oh, he's no, so cute. They snore. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's something that needs to be looked into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. And, and again, this was not something that I ever took any notice of until just a few years ago. You know, they were right. looking at all the other things with dad and, um, but never, this never came up. But yeah. maybe we should get him some positive air during the night so he can actually, you know, so, a live. Yeah. Live. live, live would be Breathe. good. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's sad. Though. Um, I'm sorry. So there's a variety of things that you can do to screen patients for this. Um, what I've often told, um, you know, we recommend our, our clients do a tour of the practice, and uh, I've always said to place things strategically throughout your oh, walk, yeah. so that you don't have to just kind of remember things off the top of your head. But I had one office that had a, I think it was a glass skull or something that was filled, and it had the had the seat uh, the, the snoring appliance on mm -hmm. it, and and it was like, you know, I don't know if this is something that applies to you, Miss Jones, but you know, we also treat sleep apnea here. Right. So if you know someone that snores or what, and oftentimes it's, oh my husband snores, oh, yeah. I'm going to get him in here. So yeah, that's a great yeah. way to to spread the word on that. Sure. On those new patient tours. Um, closely evaluate the patient 
patient's medical history. Um, are they using a CPAP or do they have one? I get asked sometimes, do you, do you use a night guard? And I have to, well, I own a night guard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So are they using the CPAP? Have they been diagnosed with, you know, with uh, right. And one? In some cases, and I know obviously there's different levels, but there are definitely some appliances that if you can't use a CPAP. Sure that yeah. would be great for you. I think even now the, the, the technology is, and the tools and whatever for treating this are so much better right. than they used to be. There's got to be things smaller than that that are, that are oh, yeah, giving you some help. For sure. It's said to take the patient's blood pressure um, since more than half of patients with high blood pressure have uh, obstructive sleep apnea. That was something I didn't know. I, I didn't, didn't realize know that. Either. that. that was, that's good. Um, and I did know this neck size. Yes. You remember this? I remember this from school. I remember mm -hmm. my, case, my uh, case study patient in, in school. Um, I don't know that I necessarily associated with sleep apnea. Maybe I did. That was a long time ago now. Yeah. A good while back. Oh, but, uh, like, it was just five years ago, Just right? a little, yeah, <laughs> times five, yes, five times five. Um, so those are things to look at as well. So um, what about, like, signs in the mouth? Um, bruxism is yeah, one of those. you got, you got grinders, uh, temporomandibular disorder, you know, jaw joint pain. Um, abfraction lesions, and I, I fall into all these. <laughs> I'm like sitting here looking at this. I know. Thing I'm like, okay, oh, I, do, I've got now, it. I do have a night guard, and I do wear that religiously. I if did I for years. I, I did for years, up. and then got off of, uh, got out of the habit of it with my travel. You know, I'd forget to put it in the bag or yeah. whatever. So it's, it's. Just, I loved it when I had it, and when I used it, I've got to get back to it. I but. think I'm on my third one now. Yeah, I used to. Uh, we used to do soft ones, and so I could chew through those babies. It was like a pacifier, so I'm sure they were doing me more harm than good. And when I finally invested in a really good one. I, now I now don't, don't use it. it as much as I should. So I, um, so those are things that they said that as a dental professional to look for those signs and symptoms. Um, that's good. And you know, I don't always tell offices, like it's not whether, I mean, obviously a lot of offices, they're not comfortable treating it, but sure. it's still our job to screen. Yeah. And I mean, I know this, we've said this before, but like it, we really, you really could save a life. Like, I think agree. about your dad. Yes, yeah. I wish that I had known them, yeah. but I know now. Yeah, but to, like thinking about that and how many other people, I mean, what, 52 million Americans? One quarter of men oh in any dental gosh, practice. That is crazy. So yeah. there's definitely a lot of opportunity for us to educate and, and help people. Yeah. What they do with that information is sure. up to them. But and I, I always think say, it's... like, have a, like, if, if you, you know, work closely with like maybe a sleep study clinic that you sure. have a good rapport and a good yeah. relationship with and you can refer to them, exactly. they can refer to you. Exactly. So just take advantage of stuff I like think that. that this may end up having to be kind of very similar to oral cancer screening. Yeah. If you send someone to an oral surgeon, to a you know, oral surgeon for, yeah. Yeah, for oral cancer uh, checkup, um, you know, kind of the same thing here. If you're concerned about this patient um, and you have referred them to a sleep study clinic or someone, mm -hmm. a, a doctor that you that you trust, a physician that you trust. I think following up with that has to be important too. Yeah, and but I, I would think it document, shows that document, you care. document. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I mean, we've got clients that do a lot with this too. I mean, yeah. I've got. I'm thinking of a client that's got a full on sleep mm -hmm. sleep apnea mm -hmm. clinic going on. I mean, she's right. got the full thing going on. So, right. um, but anyway, so I just I encourage listeners to to just. If you're if you're doing this great, maybe right. get with your whole team and just make sure everyone's on the same page with what your standard of care sure. is. Sure, I mean, for that. get more research. You know, yeah. you and I are we're you know hit, hit, we're scratching the bottom of the yeah exactly. Yeah. We're not the experts and just you know scraping the bottom of the barrel here. But but you know do your own research. Mm -hmm. There may even be some. I'm sure some continuing education courses oh, and yeah, things that you could do. Sure. So yeah, just make yourself determine more how aware. that's going to look mm -hmm. like in your practice. And right. Then, and then again, we're not telling you you've got to treat it, but um, maybe just. 
maybe if step one is just talking about what that even looks like right. and how you're going to screen and maybe do a little research on some sleep study clinics in the area and, and sure. go from there. And this would be one more of those things that shows patients that you are not just, it's not going to be just a cleaning. Right. They can cancel just a cleaning. If they come exactly. to your office and they get more comprehensive care, that has to be something that creates value for them to see Absolutely. that you're different than someone else. Yeah, so. yeah. I know okay. we talked about EC, ECS. Yes, empty chairs. That's right. That's right. So this is another thing you can do that's going to help um, fill those chairs. Absolutely. So right. awesome, cool. Well, thank you everyone for listening. We hope you found this valuable. And um, as always, stay, stay educated. educated.